in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Figured we have to have a Chinese greeting in there one of these times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the Two White Chicks in China podcast. Yeah, and this is episode eighty-three. Yes, yes, it is. We'll be almost at our one hundred anniversary, whatever. And we're still concocting birthday thingy. Yeah, we're still concocting our one hundredth birthday special episode extravaganza. Yes, which we plan to include a video for you guys to see of、mm-hmm. us doing some stuff in China. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> okay, so、um, I'm gonna jump in with a comment that we had on our last episode. I just want to actually first before I read、um, the comment,、uh, if anyone's posted on any of our episodes and then the comment just disappeared, I'm really sorry. The platform we use sometimes like filters out comments if it thinks it's. Inappropriate. So if you have, if you include like links and stuff, it'll just automatically like filter it away. Even though we get emails and it says, it tells us the comment, and because I noticed there was one that was missing, and you replied, so it just looks like you're replying to no one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but the comment is now there. So if and if this happened to anyone, I'm really sorry, and I'll be more careful in future.、Um, this is what this this actually happened to this comment. From Bob, and so he was responding to to our last episode, which was all about、um, the differences between the north and the south of China, and he has a lot of knowledge on this. Not only has he lived in China for a long time, but、uh, he's lived in both the north and the south. So he says, "Ladies, wow, great topic." As someone who has spent a great deal of time in both North and South China, living and working in both, mainly Zhuhai and Beijing, and married to a Dongbei wife, this topic is near and dear to me, and one that I find fascinating.、Um, it is also one that I have read up on quite a bit over the last few years living in Beijing. Your opinions on the personality characteristics、um, were spot on.、Hmm. Thank you. Um, your observations are of course correct. North, northern and southern Chinese are quite different breeds, and your dividing line is also correct. Although the Yangtze is often referred to as the line and not the Huai, but、uh, maybe it's because it's more well known, and the Huai is a tributary, tributary. According to my research on this subject, though the personality differences are not solely because of the difference in climate, but more a difference in the staple crop of the areas and the farming techniques required.、Um, There is even a name for it. It's called the rice wheat divide. And if you were to search the three words together, rice wheat divide, you'll find tons of info on the topic.、Uh, but in a nutshell, the theory goes something like this: Wheat farming needs a farmer, while rice farming needs a village. Wheat farming is done on dry land and is a similar crop. A simpler crop to cultivate. A farmer and his family can take care of a huge amount of land on their own. Whereas rice is grown in water and usually requires the cooperation of the whole village at harvest time to collect the grains. Also, as the rice paddies are connected by the same water,、uh, should there be some problem on one rice farmer's property, it may end up affecting the neighboring fields. So, one farmer's disaster could be the whole village's disaster.、Um, so, rice farming tends to make、uh, for people that are closer knit and more dependent on each other because of. Uh, because the whole village has to cooperate to bring in the crop, wheat farming can be done by the farmer and his family, 
uh, and his own family, so this produces the more individualistic, laid-back type of person. Rice farmers work collectively, so less individual thinking is required, while wheat farmers uh, need to think for themselves and solve their own problems. Um, possibly this is, um, this, is, this is why there's more creative thinking in the North as well. Um, there are a whole list of personality traits that can be linked to those differences. Uh, the type of farming differences may even uh, have led to the huge differences in the dialects. I read of a, a linguist who said that language is shaped by many things. In particular, his statement was that farmers' accents are more clipped because any la uh, language accent could get lost in the wind <laughs> over the space of a few fields where a loud and sharper voice... Um, make the words easier to, to understand, explaining the difference between the rather harsh-sounding dialect of Cantonese and the smoother tongue of Mandarin. Personally, I'm not sure I put much stock in this particular theory, uh, simply because if you look at the other countries where rice is also the main staple, such as Japan, uh, the Koreas, Vietnam, and Thailand, etc., you'll still find the smoother-sounding languages, like Japanese and Korean, um, are in the north, whereas the harsher sounding ones are in the south. Oh. Uh, that's really, that's really interesting. Like I've certainly never done anything like a, any sort of research like this, so it's it's a really interesting like insight into the differences purely just because of the the, the farming, like the farming that they're doing. It's really interesting. Yeah, this is great. Uh, yeah. I had never heard of this theory either. Mm -hmm. I'm also not super convinced about the whole like wind thing. yelling into the wind <laughs> but it's funny uh, it I've is funny it's kind of interesting uh it seems like something that you know it's just a theory but mm -hmm. um the rice wheat divide that's the first time i've heard of this theory and it's so fascinating to consider Absolutely. it yeah i'm also not sure how much i believe in this because there's there's just a lot of factors at work here definitely and a lot of time span and events and all, like, environmental factors and all different sorts of things. It's the butterfly effect, I think. Mm. So it's hard to pinpoint why Definitely. northerners would be different from southerners. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a very insightful read, that's for sure. Yeah. So thanks, China Bob, once yeah, again, definitely. for some amazing insights. Yeah. Uh, he, he also said that he's seen those... Um, we we posted a video about the difference between northern and uh, southern women, mm -hmm. uh, and he says he's seen those videos and they were a hoot. Yes, it's so funny. <laughs> um, uh, so I I want to like jump in really quickly with with a I, I found so many like news articles this week which were just um, just amusing. So I just want to tell you about this one very quickly because it was really endearing and I just. Think it's really, and it's related to Bob as well because he's a helicopter pilot and has helicopters. So this is um, a quick mention about this guy who is called Mr. Goo, and he's made his own helicopter. Oh no! <laughs> and this man is in his eighties. Oh no! And he's spent like quite a long time building his own helicopter. Um, basically, he's taken, um, you know, those like tricycles the electric tricycles and it it has sort of like a sh like a a cover on it it's not an open one and he's basically <laughs> turned it into a helicopter um <laughs> one of the biggest issues is that it's it's a bit heavy it's slightly too heavy oh. um and and also uh he doesn't know very much about aviation <laughs> 
also a slight issue. Uh, however, he's he's sto- he's spoken to a lot of local experts um, to try and you know help him, and he works on his helicopter every day, adding you know tweaking bits, and he thinks that uh, over the time he spent building his helicopter, he spent between fifty and sixty thousand RMB. Which is a wow. quite a hefty amount of money, really, on a on on something that may never leave the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just thought I'd share that because it might interest Bob as well. Oh yeah, being a helicopter pilot as he is. Yes. Oh wow, that's yeah. um. That I was just, sweet. It is kind of sweet. I just imagine this thing, this contraption, like held together with duct tape and yeah. like wa- yeah. mach- washing machine parts. And it <laughs> looks like a helicopter, though. It's not. I mean, you can tell it's got a wheel. You know, you can. See, I could see the wheel underneath where it's obviously been something first, and now it has wings mm-hmm. and everything else. And you can see, um, you can see pictures if you if you check out the link. Uh, which will be on writtenchinese.com slash episode 83. Uh, it does look like a helicopter, but yeah, you're right. It looks like something something that might have been made on like Indiana Jones. Like He's stuck in a jungle and he needs to build a helicopter to get <laughs> off the island. Uh, so does it say what his plans are for flying the thing? No, no. Uh, it's a it's miracle, just, I think. Yeah. Just wait, he's just waiting for something. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, that is kind of nice. <laughs> so, uh, I, I've, I've got another story for you about um, about toilet paper. <laughs> oh. Yes, uh, so the headline of this news article is Toilet Paper Thieves Strike Again. 1,500 <laughs> rolls gone in just one week at Chengdu Park. So, <laughs> basically... Uh, China is apparently currently in the midst of a nationwide toilet revo- uh, revolution. Uh, so I also read an article related to this last week, which was to do with um, the Temple of Heaven. Apparently the Temple of Heaven bathrooms are really nice. Oh. So lots of people like to use them. And uh, they, were <laughs> they were experiencing a loss of 30 toilet rolls a day, which they thought was like too many toilet rolls to use. I, I I guess if you think about most men are probably not using the toilet rolls, that's probably a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so to solve this problem, the, they introduced a face recognition system. So basically, um, you go to the bathroom and it scans your face and it gives you a 60 centimetre long piece of toilet <laughs> paper uh, from the machine. Uh, and I think I believe uh, it only gives it. It will only give you another 60, 60 centimeter piece of toilet roll in nine minutes' time. Okay. So that's that's how long you've got to wait. So if you're desperate, you, I don't know. You just have to. I don't know. Is hold this gonna it in. say? I don't know. For me, at least, I feel like I don't use sixty centimeters at a time. If I'm just going number one, right? Well, so I feel like it almost <laughs> waste more paper than it would save. Well, some people said they didn't think that sixty was enough. Wow. Yeah, um, but other people thought it sounds like a really good idea, and they so- hope that other places will will also do this. They like some people just use. Way too much yeah. toilet paper. Sixty centimeters is quite a bit. It's quite a bit. I mean, if if you're taking a big poo, <laughs> sorry to put it so bluntly, or but, a messy one. Yeah, or a messy one. Okay, maybe you need more. But for the average wee, 
then <laughs> come on, you only need come on, thirty is plenty yeah. for that. Yeah. And I see sometimes people just and or I hear it, just the toilet roll going round and round and round and round in the stall next to me and I'm like, What are you doing? Like mm-hmm. what and then you'll see in the toilet like in the trash can just these mountains Ma- mountains of pile, yeah. And uh, even out of the bin it's it's kind of Yeah, it's such it's a waste. Kind of gross. So generally in China, for those of you who haven't been here before, they don't offer most restaurants and bathrooms, public bathrooms don't have toilet paper available or mm-hmm. paper towels available for public consumption. I guess for this reason that so many people abuse the system. So right. in China, you generally carry your own with you. So you just carry packs of tissues with you yeah. wherever you go. Because restaurants will even charge you. Yeah. Um, it's not very expensive, but they'll charge you a small fee to to get napkins right. with your meal. So just for those of you out there who don't know, but it seems like because you said you made a con- you made, you read the line like China mm. is in is on the verge of a toilet revolution. <laughs> yeah, is that for this app or is that because because I've it seems like I've seen more and more restaurants and bathrooms offering free paper. Um, this is basically um, I guess it's because more and more public places are finding that people are abusing this. The, the free toilet roll and uh, soap and that kind of thing. So this this article it so the 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 first sort of system was put in the in the Temple of Heaven bathrooms, but this is in a chung, a park in Chengdu or the Chengdu People's Park, and um, basically they they found they'd they they'd lost oh, one thousand five hundred toilet rolls in one week. Wow, and they because they were offering toilet roll and 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 soap. That's another thing. Soap is so hard. like you often have to carry around like either wet wipes or those like bottles of antibacterial wash because there's no soap ever. Right. Um, yeah, so they were provi- providing free toilet paper and soap at public public ba- bathrooms. Excuse me. Um, but they just realised that people were just taking advantage. And they said a cleaner at the park told the Chengdu Biz- uh, Business Daily that she spotted numerous people... This is just sounds like a joke. She spotted numerous people walking out of the public bathrooms with their pockets stuffed full of toilet paper. Why? <laughs> like, what are they doing with it? Like, they just, they're just they're st- so stingy they don't want to buy it at home, so they steal it from places. Like, yeah. Yeah. The park manager said that... This crime spree could cost end up costing the park a hundred thousand yuan a year. They're definitely not spending that much money on toilet paper. I've used free toilet roll before. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the tracing paper stuff we used to use at school. Yeah, <laughs> see through, see through. Yeah, yeah. So they're saying that um, if the if it doesn't change in the, in in a few months, that they'll just stop like <clears throat> they'll stop offering free toilet roll in the stalls, and they'll probably set up a similar thing. Uh, to the the Temple of Heaven bathrooms, or just like offer it at the front. Mm-hmm. That's another thing they do. They often have like the roll, so you really have to remember like to get the toilet roll before you go in. Right, but that's kind of nice because then you get a little bit of peer pressure, you know. I think so. People would be less likely to start to just steal it. stealing it. Yeah, because other people can watch how much they're taking. Well, unless they're all doing it, in which case, yeah, no one's bothered. Yep. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, it's a weird thing. So yeah, let's see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Fifteen hundred toilet rolls. 
That's kind amazing. of ridiculous. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, maybe we should move on from toilet talk and uh, listen <laughs> to our question, which is not about toilets. Oh, I'm so happy we have a voicemail this week. Yes. We've, we've actually, I want to thank people. Um, I don't know if it was because of our recent uh, request for more questions or people just fancied giving us some more, but we've had quite a few this week. So thank you for those people who have sent us voicemails. And questions on all of our platforms. So here we go. Hi, girls. Uh, this is Kathy, your number one fan. And I have a question for you guys today. I just finished listening to one of your podcasts, and you guys are talking about jobs and um, getting, you know, finding different jobs out there and what you can do and so forth. But it made me think about um, your pay. Uh, how do you guys? What do you guys do in order to exchange your money when you come to the United States? Because I know that not all banks uh, have, or Chinese banks have enough currency to exchange it to, you know, whatever country, you know, you need to exchange it to. So American, let's say American dollars for me. Uh, I would go to banks and they only had a certain amount, which was always very, very low number. Um, but what do you guys do? I think if I were to get a job in China and get paid in only Chinese currency, what would I do with all this money and how would I exchange it to get a really great when I came back to the States? So if you guys can answer that, that would be great. And I want to congratulate you guys on, you know, Holly, uh, the wedding and Nora, the baby. That's so awesome. So yeah, that's up. That's my question. Thanks, Kathy. Yeah, thank you. Our number one fan. Yeah, definitely. Nice. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, this is an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly and I are not financial experts, but we can give you advice that we have collected over the years of living here. Yeah. Um, so to start with, it's true. Uh, basically, China doesn't want a lot of its currency leaving China. And so they don't make it super easy for you to... It's not like a freely convertible currency. So you can't really um, exchange it as you please. Um, Which means for foreigners, I believe there's a $500 limit per day that you can exchange at a bank. Okay. And when you go into a bank... You have to give them all a lot of information. Like, you have to give them your passport, and you have to fill out a form, and it's a big hassle to exchange, yes. to sell renminbi. So that's, yeah, going through a bank is, is not an ideal procedure unless you just need to, you just have a couple hundred renminbi mm-hmm. to sell. Um, I, I had not heard about that per day cap, mm-hmm. um, but... Um, Barrett, my husband, when he exchanges, when he's exchanged money for us, uh, he his bank said that he has like a, I think a forty thousand RMB cap for the year. Like he cannot for change more than that in one year. Forty thousand RMB or yeah. forty thousand US dollars. I think I think RMB. I wow, and that's not very much. No, money. not really. Not not really. So. I mean, I guess we also have to talk about, okay, so Kathy, like, I imagine she's thinking of coming over to China to work, Mm -hmm. and then when she's finished working, taking the money that she's earned and converting it back into um, U.S. dollars to take home with her. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think it's as big of a problem as it for for okay first of all let's imagine that she's working a teaching job with an average salary of um let's say two thousand dollars a month right which is kind of an well in for Shenzhen that's about an average salary yeah, yeah. something like that like thirteen fourteen thousand renminbi per month um so that means after all of her expenses and stuff, I doubt that she'll be taking more than ten thousand dollars home with her at the end of the year. I mean, it depends on how hard you hustle, but if you're, you know, if you're working nonstop, you maybe you can、mm-hmm. take home more than that. But you are also, yes, you're earning renminbi, but you're also living here and therefore spending that renminbi. Yes. So it's not like you're coming home with a hundred thousand dollars that you need to exchange.、Mm-hmm. So for an amount that's ten thousand U.S. dollars or under,、um, probably the easiest way to do it is to ask a Chinese friend to, to just go to the bank and exchange it for you. Yeah, it's much easier for them to do it than for us.、Mm-hmm. Definitely, and they can just do it all in one go. Yeah,、um, every Chinese citizen can exchange, I think, up to fifty thousand U.S. dollars per year.、Mm. So it means if. You know, they are unless they're planning business or some big travel. I'm sure that ten, they don't, they wouldn't mind helping you exchange your your money、mm-hmm. um, for you. Yeah.、Um, so to address Kathy's question about、uh, banks not having enough currency when you go, you can you kind of like book the money in advance. Like you say,、ah, this is how much money I want to exchange, and they'll they'll Get the money for you. They'll sort of like, I guess, get it from a central bank or whatever. So this,、uh, if you go to a bank, it's I think it's difficult to exchange same day, especially if it's a large amount. But if you you can arrange it and then pick it up in a couple of days time.、Mm-hmm. If you tell them this is how much money I want.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I feel like I mean this is definitely not an issue that you want to leave to the last. Day before you come back to the、no. U.S. or something, you definitely want to give yourself a week or two to sort this out before you leave China. If you plan on leaving China for good,、um, to close your bank accounts, pull out all your RMB, and then make the exchange. Another option is again, if it's under if it's under ten thousand U.S. dollars、um, total, then you can、uh, travel with it. So you can go to Hong Kong. If you're traveling through, because a lot of flights are cheaper if you go from Hong Kong versus going from somewhere on the mainland. So if you're stopping in Hong Kong anyway, you could go there, and that's actually probably where you're gonna get the best exchange rate. Because even though you can exchange at the Chinese banks, I don't think the rate is very good.、Mm, I actually haven't exchanged U.S. dollars from the bank, only British pounds, and it was. It was the rate was really good, obviously with what's happened in the UK in the last six、oh, okay. months. So it, the rate was really good.、Um, so yeah, I don't, I haven't, I haven't exchanged US. Well, not not me personally, anyway. Maybe Barrett did it, but、uh, yeah, I, didn't, I wouldn't have. I mean, I've never done that either. Gone to Hong Kong to exchange, to exchange my currency. Do you think the rate is better there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, cool. Even from R and B to US. Yes.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think so, Hong Kong. Yeah,、um, Hong Kong has a lot of exchange offices, so、yeah. you have a lot of competition because it's just like this. You know, there's a lot of exchanges going on. 
with renminbi us dollars hong kong dollars and so because of that nat- like the competitive nature then the rates are kept really yes competitive yeah. as well if you go to like um one of the areas that has a lot of exchange rates you'll you'll just the the, the rate is pretty much the same at every sort of like little desk right so right so the only problem is whether they have enough of the currency that you want mhm it's true mm-hmm. and if you're planning on working in china for more than a year i would suggest going to hong kong once a year exchanging your money and then opening in a bank account in hong kong maybe to hold mm-hmm. it if you don't want to hang on to all the RMB and wait and then find find someone cuz again just remember that uh international law like generally doesn't allow you to cross a, a border um with more than 10,000 or i don't know if it's 10,000 or 15,000 dollar US dollars worth of cash on I you think but it's 10. Okay, so something like that, mm. around ten thousand U.S. dollars worth of cash or precious stones or whatever, like uh, value yeah. valuables on you. So you can't just like, you know, buy a bunch of gold and then just stick it in your pockets, or like buy a big diamond and like stick it <laughs> in your pockets if it's over ten, if it's worth over ten thousand mm-hmm. U.S. dollars. <clears throat> so another option is to. Just do it little by little. Right. And put it into an account. Or if you're traveling with a buddy, you can divide it between you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you, if you're if you going to carry back more than that, then you need to declare it. And it's, that's another, that's another mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the exchange is like in the U.S. for RMB. But I've... If I haven't been able to exchange my RMB to British pounds and just like had RMB with me, the exchange rate is is atrocious in the UK. It's probably the oh, same in the I'm US. Sure it's so terrible. yeah, I, I mean, I think we should emphasize like make sure you exchange the money before you go back to your home country because you're going to be pretty devastated about how much money you lose. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to do it last time, and Barrett was so angry with me because I accepted a really low. Um, I mean, I didn't accept it. I was like, "This is the best we're gonna get," and he couldn't believe like the exchange rate. And I was like, "Well, this is this is how it is." Mm-hmm. So yeah, do exchange it before you leave. Definitely don't make the same mistake we did. <laughs> yep, you could also potentially look for people who are, in, like, ask your foreign friends or Chinese friends who like to travel if they just have U.S. dollars, because then you can mm-hmm. obviously skip any commissions that you lose at the banks or at exchange offices by just trading them. Especially if you, let's say you only need a couple thousand dollars. Well, you could probably find, you know, scrounge around and find some people who have, like somebody who's just gotten to China, who has US dollars, who needs RMB, just try to make a trade mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, that's a great idea. Which is, a you know, we've done that quite often, you know, just helping friends out because we're, you know, a lot of times when people come to visit us in China, they're carrying the foreign currency and they need RMB. Yeah. And for us, it's also nice. We just like to have, we don't like to have all of our money in one currency. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice for us to buy different currencies and sit on like different currencies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, you could, you could potentially do that too. And like Chinese friends also maybe who have lived or worked abroad, maybe they also are willing to, to buy your RMB back if they need RMB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Kathy didn't ask like about 
sending money home and that kind of thing, but I've sort of done, I don't want to call them tests, but I've been the guinea pig for sending, having to send money back to the UK. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've done it since I arrived, basically. And I, I first, uh, I used Western Union, and that was the first thing I did. So obviously you can exchange the money however you want to do it um, in the various ways we've discussed. Um, and then you, you, you can send money and I, I guess there's also a cap on that and you also have to pay like a service charge to send the money back to your home country. Um, and that was kind of a, a big hassle because you need to fill out all these forms and the forms need to be filled out exactly. And if you make any mistake, you have to start all over again. Mm. Um, and every time you go, like, even though you've sent the money, Ten times with the same bank, you still have to have your passport scanned and you still need to do this and that. Um, and it was only like recently until I actually found it a much easier way to do it. Um, the girl that was serving me, she, she knew, like, by the, t- by the time I stopped going, she knew what she was doing so she could process my application in like ten minutes. Whereas previously I would go to a different bank and I would sometimes hang around for an hour and a half oh, while no. they 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 got the machine out oh, and they God. scanned all the money and then they would tell me oh you can't send this note it's an old US dollar on that yeah I mean for Kathy it's fine because she'll just be sending dollars anyway but for me I had to convert the money to US dollars and it would get converted to British pounds it's such a carry on keep losing it's just ridiculous and obviously like I you know I learned. Um, a mistake but because I would need to like I would have to send money that was the only way I knew how to do it like mm-hmm. that I could guarantee the money would get home quite quickly um, but then um, I realized that I could send money from my my bank in Hong Kong so going back to have open an account in Hong Kong that was like the best thing I ever did because okay. I can um, the ba- I can send money from my bank and it's not the same bank account either and there's a small service charge and it's like it's definitely the most convenient way for me to send money. Yeah, if you can get although for American citizens nowadays it's much harder to open an account in Hong Kong, so it's it's not impossible but it takes a lot of effort. So yeah. I wouldn't do that unless you're planning long serious long term um location here in China. Mm. If you're just coming for a year or two, you can just handle these things kind of as you go. And they yeah. also have um and of course, like we again, we don't advocate for people doing anything illegal, but there are these like semi I don't know if they're black market or just like semi legal local exchange hotspots around where yeah. it's like a convenience store who will like exchange your money for you. So it's not like an official exchange office, but they'll do it for you. And if they have a good reputation and a lot of people use them, yeah. then it, it's actually pretty safe. Like yeah. obviously do it at your own risk and ask, make sure you ask, but that's because of how difficult it's become to sell a RMB. Mm-hmm. Of course you have these things popping up over and over. Yeah. And so you could potentially try using one of those yes. too. But again, make sure you, you find one through people that you know and trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in, I've exchange gone to like a proper exchange, um, and there's one in in this in this area, and the exchange is really good, is and it? it's a proper legit like exchange place, um, but the rates always been like excellent. Where compared to in the the area we've mentioned in Shenzhen. 
um, in Nanshan, which is the exchange rate was atrocious in one of those proper exchange rates. I mean, the bank, if you can go with the bank, it's far better uh, rate of exchange, I think. Wow, okay. I guess yeah. just test, just check the rates. Yeah. I guess it fluctuates also depending on the market and what's going on, even with the individual banks and like how much current types of currency that they're holding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So just compare the rates. Yeah. Um, do a little bit of research beforehand. But if it's just a couple thousand dollars, I wouldn't even take the time to spend all like spend all that time and effort to like go around checking all. Like, if you lose, like, 20 bucks, is it really that big? What is your time worth to you versus losing a little bit on the exchange? Like, just way up. You know, it depends on how much you're buying or how much you're selling. um, So you can do that. Another option to exchange, and this is something that people may not have thought of before, is actually Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is huge in China. And I've heard of a lot of people selling, so buying Bitcoin in renminbi and then selling Bitcoin for U.S. dollars and cutting out the Mm. whole. I don't know the ins and outs of it because I'm not a Bitcoin user myself, but you can look into it. Or if you're familiar with Bitcoin, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, It's really popular in China, like hugely popular. So because, again, of all the, you know, red tape and bureaucratic processes attached to exchanging money here so it's kind of mm-hmm. like this this market that's emerged so you can also check that out mm-hmm. just convert your mmb to bitcoin and then you can you can convert it into something else yeah yeah um <clears throat> I, I i was told recently well not recently like in the last year that you can also send money from your chinese bank account but that it's not a very easy process i don't know if you've ever done that um, just but, a wire transfer, you mm, mean, mm. to your home account? Yeah, or someone else's account in, um, the, in another country. I guess you could. I think yeah. you'd lose quite a bit of money doing that, though, because you have to accept, like, because I guess the, so the home bank will send it, then they'll charge a fee. The receiving bank will charge a fee, and then you'll get an exchange rate. So, again, if it's only a couple thousand dollars, it's probably not worth mm-hmm. It's probably better you just do it on the ground. In an yeah. exchange oh office. yeah, yeah. But yeah, just another another option, I guess, to try mm-hmm. out. I think you just need to. I don't know. Speak to people who've done it before. Like I guess those. <laughs> well, it uh, changes. That's the thing. That's is it, we can say it. what we say now. It's not going to be the same in a year right. from now. And what might work if she's in another uh, another city? There might be other options that are more convenient. Like mm-hmm. for example with Shanghai having such a, a like they've got more foreigners there might be better options there mm-hmm. than there are here um, yeah so check it out so those are the basic I mean so you've got your banks you can do it you can do small amounts at the banks you can ask just to sum this up so you can do small amounts at the bank personally although it's going to require a lot of paperwork and a lot of time yeah um, you can ask a Chinese friend to do it for you if the amount is less than 50,000 US dollars and you know, probably more likely to ask some, like, to get someone who will do it if it's more like around 10000 or less than that. You can use Bitcoin, you can use a semi-legal shop, and you can carry it with you to Hong Kong and, Kong and exchange it there. Mm-hmm. Or you can send it in a wire transfer to your bank. Yep. Yeah. Personally, I pretty much always do it in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Any currency exchange I do in Hong Kong. Yeah. But that's because we live in Shenzhen where you can just literally walk across the border right. to Hong Kong. And I know where the good exchange offices mm-hmm. are. 
Um, and so it makes a big difference. Like if you've never been to Hong Kong and then like you're meandering through the streets yeah. just looking for exchange offices, it's kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't exchanged money for quite some time because now it's so convenient for me to send money. Mm-hmm. And we haven't been to the US for a couple of years now. But if we do, we usually use a, a the bank like either Barrett or I guess a friend will ch- change it and it's a decent rate. Yeah, and we often, like, we'll just use, I mean, if I'm traveling home, if it's only, if we only need, like, let's say a thousand or two thousand dollars for just, like, petty cash or whatever, then I just use my card and I just accept the bank fee. I mean, I lose a little bit, a couple dollars, but it's It's not not really, yeah, it's not really a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, Kathy, I hope that helps. Yeah. Nora, do you have a Chinese word for us? Yeah, so exchange to exchange money in uh, China is huan. So the huan is to exchange. So you can huan renminbi, change renminbi. Nice. So I'll put the links to um, to to tell you how to do that to our dictionary. <laughs> what did what did I just say there? <laughs> You're gonna put links on our dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put links on writtenchinese.com/episode eighty three to that Chinese word, so you can learn how to say it. Speaking of Chinese, Holly and I are taking HSK. <laughs> but I really shouldn't be, because I can't even speak English today. <laughs> Holly and I are finally, finally buckling down and taking some HSK exams, which are these, like, Chinese proficiency exams, so it tests how good your Chinese level is, and then if you pass a test, you get a little certificate, so wish us luck. I've never taken one before. Holly's taken one before, mm-hmm. but she's taking it up to the next level. So we're both being cranking challenged, it cranking it up. True. Um, if you're interested in that, if you're learning Chinese and you want to know what we're talking about, I'm sure if you keyword search HSK. HSK. We yeah. have several articles on how to take an HSK. We've got articles that link to practice tests. We've got um, um, a page for vocabulary lists that you can download. You can also access our free uh, HSK um, vocabulary sets in the Written Chinese Dictionary, which you can you can download for your iOS or Android device by just searching Written Chinese Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Or if you, you can join, you can go to writtenchinese.com, and we've got links on our homepage. True. Check it out. Yep. And we're waiting for more voicemails. Indeed. Writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Hope that was informative. Have a good one. Bye.